Hi, my name's Andy Chamberlain, and this is the Creative Writers Tool Belt, the podcast that gives you practical, accessible advice that you can apply straight away to your own writing. There are now over a hundred episodes of the podcast, as well as a book, the Creative Writers Tool Belt Handbook, that covers the very best advice and insight from my interviews with professional writers, editors, and agents. I hope you find this episode interesting and useful, and thank you for listening. And welcome to episode 110 of the Creative Writers Tool Belt. And if you're listening to this episode shortly after it's published, a happy new year to you. And quite a few of you have also bought the book that accompanies this podcast, the Creative Writers Tool Belt Handbook. Thank you to you as well. And if you are one of those people, if you have a moment, once you've read it, I would be really grateful if you could leave a short review for it on Amazon. Thanks very much. If you're thinking of getting a copy of the handbook, then I have some news for you. The ebook version will be available through amazon.com and amazon.co.uk for just $3.99 or the sterling equivalent. But that'll only be for a few days between the 14th and 20th of January 2018. So if you've been listening to the podcast and you're thinking about getting the ebook of the Creative Writers Tool Belt Handbook, that's the time to go and do it. Okay, so now let's get into this episode. I want to explore with you this issue of why writing is so hard to do and how can we keep doing it anyway? And I want to start on a positive note. Writing is a wonderful thing. If it's what you want to do, if it's your calling, then responding to that calling and actually writing is important and magical. The 19th century writer Louisa May Olcott said it like this, I want to do something splendid, something heroic or wonderful that won't be forgotten after I'm dead. I think I shall write books. I think there is something of the spirit and vision that Louisa May Olcott was referring to in that quote in all of us as writers. And if you, like me, are drawn to this same splendid thing, to write, then you've probably also found out that although it's a wonderful thing to do, it's also very difficult. Now, I think it's hard to write for two main reasons. First of all, life is full of so many other things that we could be doing. We could be reading, we could be socialising, we could be playing sport, watching TV, surfing the internet, all kinds of other things. And that's before we even get to the things that are actually our responsibilities, work or family duties. There's a lot of stuff out there that can snatch the time away that we would spend writing. That's the first reason why writing's hard. The second reason why it's really hard to get down to writing is the glaringly obvious one. And that's that writing is really hard. If you're trying to be creative and orderly, if you're trying to get stuff out on the page that's entertaining and brilliant and erudite, then that's a tough gig. So writing is hard, but deep down, if you know you're a writer and you have that hunger to write, then like every other writer, you have to face the challenge of getting that stuff down, getting those words on the page or on the screen and sticking out the job. So how do we do that? How do we find the time and the energy to write when there are so many other distractions in life? How do we deal with those distractions? And what are the tools that we could use to help us overcome this challenge? To answer all of this, I have a short list of three tools to recommend to you and one overarching piece of advice. But before we come to all of that, let's have a look at what we're up against in terms of the factors that compete with our time and energy for writing. Now, none of us live in isolation. We have family, we have work, friends, hobbies, commitments. We need time out to play, we need time out to rest. There's a lot of other things that go on in our lives 
whoever we are. Now, honestly, I don't think that we can say we just want to banish all of these things and call them distractions or pick them up and put them down in favour of writing. Thinking in that way is counterproductive. Some of these things have a legitimate claim on some of our time. And to ignore this would be to cause ourselves and others harm. And actually, in the long run, it would damage our writing process. Your children have a claim on your time if you have them. Your partner, if you have one, has a claim on your time. So does the job you do to pay bills. Even some of your friends, including the ones who you seem to give more to than you get from, these people have some kind of claim on your time. And there's also spending time, of course, on other activities like reading for pleasure and watching a movie and walking the dog and even, heaven forbid, a bit of surfing on social media. And these can be good distractions, good uses of our time in their place. In her book, The Successful Author Mindset, the writer and entrepreneur Joanna Penn reminds us to balance production and consumption, where production is our creative production, the writing we do, and consumption is the entertainment and experiences that we receive. Now, this means that whilst we shouldn't be couch potatoes binge watching on Netflix, for example, we should also not try to drive ourselves to work and work and work until we just burn out. We don't get our writing done by sacrificing everything else in our life. We get our writing done by balancing and negotiating it with the other priorities. Now I'm saying all this in part because in my experience, advice about cutting ties with these kinds of commitments and friendships has to be weighed very carefully. What do these relationships really mean to you? What do your commitments really mean to you? No one else has the right to pass judgment on the decisions that you make. Only you can do that when you ask yourself questions like, what do I really want and how do I want to live? The real issue here is not the decisions you make, but that you go through the process to make them. Now, if all of that wasn't enough as we come to this subject, we also need to accept that there will be temporary and exceptional things that might put our writing on hold. If someone you love passes away, you may need to stop and grieve for them for a while in whatever way that's appropriate until you can write again. Now, writing might help that process or it might not. But whatever the situation, for a period of time, grieving properly is going to be more important to you than getting more writing done. Now, we have to deal with other kinds of traumas as well. Extended illnesses, difficult separations, complicated house moves. And we need to be sensible about it and allocate some time for a while to focus on them. In episode 99 of the podcast, the writer Derek Kunskun used a naval metaphor to sum this up. He said that a good Navy ship will focus on being able to float, sail and shoot in that order. And we need to take that attitude into our lives. So we need to be able to float, which is the equivalent of just surviving. And then we need to be able to sail, which is basically functioning with others, maybe holding down a job, looking after ourselves, engaging with other people. And then when we're stable, we can get on to our equivalent of shooting, which is our writing. Now, earlier I said I had three tools to offer you and an overarching piece of advice. So let's do that overarching piece of advice first. And it's this. If you really want to write, then you have to focus and just write. Just get on with it. Now, this might seem blindingly obvious. And of course, the best advice often is. But the real power behind this advice is the kind of thing I've just said is the kind of thing that you can hear from countless writers. I'm talking about writers that you've never heard of and writers who have been phenomenally successful. Writers who have written over decades, produced many books and sold hundreds of millions of copies. It doesn't matter who they are. The advice is basically the same. 
just get on with the writing. When you feel like it and when you don't. When you're tired and when you're not. When you feel inspired and when you're not. And as the writer Joanna Penn very earnestly and frankly says in her book, The Successful Author Mindset, keep writing even if you feel like crap. And in episode 109 of the podcast, Antonia Honeywell told us that we need to just jolly well write. And this is from a busy mum with four young kids. And in that phrase, you can replace the words jolly well with whatever adjective you choose from the virtuous to the vulgar. The writer Alessandra Torre says this, being a writer all boils down to this. It's you in a chair staring at a page and you're either going to stay in that chair until the words are written or you're going to give up and walk away. So we have to be determined and focused. The great writer Stephen King, who has sold about 350 million copies of his book, says this. Amateurs sit and wait for inspiration. The rest of us just get up and go to work. That's the attitude that we have to have. And countless writers speak of being driven to this one truth. This is the battle we face to manage the distractions, priorities and conflicting elements of our lives and get on with the writing. But you might have detected something of a contradiction in everything I've said here because I started out talking about all the other things in our lives that are very important that we still need to attend to like our families and our work and having a bit of a rest and all of that. And now I've started saying that actually there's an imperative to write. Aren't all these things a little bit contradictory? Well, I don't think they are. I think that we can best focus on and do our writing if we've looked at everything else, prioritised everything else and put it in its place. Let me put it to you like this. We need to know all of the things that we should be doing and when we should be doing them so that we have no excuses when the thing we should be doing is writing and the time we should be doing it is now. So that's the broad piece of advice. So what are the tools that can help us do this? Well, the first of my three tools for your tool belt is this, know thyself, and especially know how important writing is to you. And this is the first tool in our tool belt. We must strive to know who we are. This involves the hard work of us being honest with ourselves and maybe also with those closest to us. The practical tools for this process involve us answering some questions honestly and completely. And you can think about these questions that I'm about to ask you now, but to answer them properly, you'll probably need to take some time and do some honest reflection. So let's start with a rather unlikely group of questions. What moral code do you want to live by? How are you going to treat those around you as you balance your time? And you can use examples if that will help. How are you going to deal with your parents and your partner and your children and your close family and your close friends? Think of specific people. How do you expect yourself to treat them and deal with them. The people who are a bit dependent on you, the people who look to you and the people who you have responsibility to. And these questions really are to encourage you to think about how do you expect to live? What kind of person, what kind of moral code, as I said, do you want to live by? So let's move to the next group of questions. What do you want out of your life? What do you want to be? What do you want to achieve? What do you want to be known for? And what kind of reputation do you want to create with others and yourself? And you can include, but don't focus on the writing in that. Now, the reason I've included those questions here as the first tool is because I believe it's very important for us to understand what we expect of ourselves and who we should be in our lives so that we've got that in balance. And then we can focus on our writing and give it the time and energy that it deserves. So the second thing which really develops the first tool is this. What are your priorities? Now that you have some sense of 
who you are, it's time to pick up this next tool, a diagnosis of what your priorities are. What are the responsibilities that you have in terms of the things that you must give something to you? What do you need to do to meet those responsibilities? And the next thing, which is subtly different to that, what about the responsibilities in terms of things that you choose to give to? You may have some charitable work that you do that's very close to your heart. You may have a very old friend that you want to stay in touch with. You may go to church. You may do some other activity, which however much you want to write, you're not going to give up. You need to balance all of these priorities. And you can answer these questions generally or for a period of time. It may be that there are certain things in your life that are very important that are a priority just for a month or a year or a couple of weeks. So for example, you might say, I have the kids home with me in July and August from school and my priority is them for that time. After that, in September, I can focus more on writing. Another question to ask yourself when you're reflecting on all this is how do you recharge your batteries? How do you recharge yourself? Introverts are good at recharging and recuperating by being on their own. They need to be on their own to get their energy back. Other people are extroverts and they tend to find that they're energized by being with other people. There's no right answer here. It's about you knowing who you are and about you understanding what it is that recharges you. Now, after asking all of these questions, you can think about writing. How hungry really are you to write? How desperate are you? What will you sacrifice to give yourself the time and energy that you need to write? Because once you have accounted for all of those essential things in your life, you then have the things over which you have more discretion, over which you have a choice. And it's only really when you know and are honest with yourself in your heart about how much writing means to you that you can tackle that. For this section, for this second tool, if you like, there's one final question that will lead us onto the third one. And it's this. What do you now need to do in your life to give writing its proper place? And this brings us to the third tool in our tool belt. And it's this focusing on the process and specifically thinking about habits, not goals. Now, let's unpack that by thinking about some advice from the writer and entrepreneur, Jeff Goins. And it is, in fact, from Jeff that I've borrowed this phrase, habits, not goals. Jeff says that we should develop habits, not goals. We need to find the right environment. We need to find the right practices. And that's much more important than setting, say, a word count or a chapter target for ourselves. Now, this advice also reflects the fact that all creative processes are different. The practicalities of what I need to do are different from what you need to do. But the basic approach is the same. We need to develop the routines that work for us, finding the best environment to work in, practicing and refining our skills in the craft of writing, improving by repetition, taking lots of little steps forward and keeping at it despite the difficulties. So that third tool is unique to you. It's not something that I can create for you or anybody else can. It's what works for you. It's built from the development of good habits, but those habits are what you choose them to be. It doesn't really matter what it is. The challenge is to work it out for yourself. So let's draw all this together. Now, this has all been about the fact that writing is hard work and how do we best tackle that challenge? First of all, then, all kinds of writers from the unknown to the globally successful have all come to the same conclusion. The overarching advice is to keep writing. Whatever mood you're in, however you feel, when it's time to write, you write. We can help ourselves to do that by asking some questions and developing some good habits. First of all, know yourself. So ask the questions about how you want to live. What kind of person do you want to be? What is it that guides you? How does your moral compass work? If you know that, that's the basis on which you can prioritise the things that you have to do and want to do. And you can create an honest assessment 
of how much time and effort you want to put into writing. Finally, the third tool. What are the habits and decisions that you need to make to really continue with the writing? What are the good practices that you can repeat and repeat until they become routine? How do you create the habits that will best allow you to write? So that's it. One key piece of advice and three areas or tools that you can use to really create the right environment and the right mindset for your writing. And that's it for this episode then. Today, I have quoted from the following people and works, the authors Louisa May Alcott, Stephen King, Antonia Honeywell, Derek Kunskan, and Alessandro Torre. I've also quoted from The Successful Author Mindset by Joanna Penn. And I've also quoted from Jeff Goins from his own blog, which is goinswriter.com. I hope all this has been helpful to you. As ever, thank you for listening and goodbye. Thank you for listening to the Creative Writers Toolbelt podcast. If you want to find out more about the podcast or me, just go to my website. It's andrewjchamberlain.com. Hold up. 